You are listening to the Converge Media Network, uplifting our voices. Grand Rising and good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Morning Update Show. I'm your co-host, Trey Holiday, And we got an amazing show lined up for you once again. Of course, it's always amazing and great energy when I'm in here with my guy, co-host with the most, Big O. What up, Big O? Trey Holiday. Hey. It's always great energy when it's a Thursday. Yeah. This is my last day of the week, man. How did I know that was coming? <laughs> you already knew that was coming, man. <laughs> Um, good to see you. you know we, we hung out last night uh over at Elliot's oyster house yeah. around the corner and that was my first time having you know i mean i usually be somewhere it's like an oyster oyster they was like oh it's this one and this oyster that was like seven eight different yeah, types yeah we were like whoa what i mean that was my first time being there uh at that place yeah, and so I, some champagne yeah. salt or something yeah there was some type of like frozen <laughs> champagne thing that, oh man it was uh, fancy Trey, Trey Holiday is extra bootsy, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> she said, oh, how'd you eat your oyster? I said, I'm put some hot sauce on it. It was good. <laughs> it was a good time. Yeah, no, we got a great show lined up for everybody today. We've got Julia Jesse, co-host of Clapback Culture. Uh, she's going to be tapping in here in a little bit, talking about what we can expect tonight and also, you know, touch on a few national news stories. And then we've also got Aramie Walker, musician, author and educator she's in the building today she's performing tomorrow at six o'clock 6 p.m at the uh, seattle center so i uh, you get to do the deep dive yeah and yeah you, you always get to interview all the all the <laughs> all the celebrities and musicians and i be sitting over here with the politicians <laughs> and we have I, our roles I, we play I need, buddy i need to talk to my manager about this you know what i'm saying <laughs> <laughs> Your camera don't never have no technical issues. <laughs> Always perfectly lit. <laughs> Man, goodness gracious. All right, let's get it going. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Morning Update Show. I want to remind you that right now, yes, right now, is the perfect time for you to tag and share the stream. Go ahead and tag and share the stream with people you feel would appreciate culturally relevant news and information emanating from right here in the Emerald City. I want to give a big shout out to our partners over at the South Seattle Emerald and also KBCS 91.3 over at Bellevue College. Remind everybody that you can listen to the Morning Update Show anywhere that you listen. Well, I just lost myself. Okay. Mr. Delgado, anywhere that you listen to your favorite podcast. He's got SoundCloud up there on the screen, but you can also find us on Google, Spotify, and iTunes. All you have to do is search Converge Media Network. Um, we're putting a link in the comments right now for hereforuswa.org, hereforuswa.org, culturally relevant and curated information around COVID-19, uh, the vaccine boosters, and really a lot of resources as well for people who are vaccine hesitant. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we keep this message alive because we know that even though we're seeing regulations change, we're still seeing, you know, cases of COVID. So you guys want to be sure that you go to hereforuswa.org if you're still looking for your questions to get answered. Maybe you're looking for resources in your area. Check out that source. All right. So this is City of Seattle Capital Access Program. Man, the time is literally on the clock. Tomorrow is the last day. Curtis, go ahead and put that link in the comments there. Capital Access Program. I think you can borrow us a loan program, but it's up to $150,000 for small businesses, 4% interest rate. And you talked to them the other day. Looks like it's a real program, and I'm hoping that people in our community are taking advantage of it. Yeah. Also, too, it was interesting to hear that they are trying to do some different measures for uh, those that don't don't bode well with interest rates, right? We know a lot of folks in our Muslim community, um, they can't really always access these kinds of loans. And so they're actually working around that as well. Oh, great to hear oh, word. that. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. They're trying to do yeah, something that'll be different than interest for those from the from yeah. that community that want to take part of this program. That was one thing when I was living in the Middle East is, <laughs> you know, hey man, the load's just a load. You know what I'm saying? There wasn't no interest in the game. So, but yeah, this is, the deadline is tomorrow. This is a big deal. Don't let this opportunity pass uh, our community by. So if you're a small business owner, if you know somebody who could benefit from these resources, please share the link with them. Uh, for culture, for culture, they're in the bag, in the bag. And I'm, I'm telling you, the amount of time they've given on this, the deadline is April 20th. 
And they've given a lot of time for this uh, for the 2022 project grants. Yeah, absolutely. But this is one of the things that I think we appreciate so much about for culture is the lead time. But also, the, you know, it makes sure that artists are not scrambling to try to hurry up and apply for these funds. So if you're doing any projects around arts, preservation or heritage, make sure you check out this opportunity. And again, for you who may be like, I don't know, I, you know, I have an idea. I'm not sure. Hey, check it out. You know they're also helping you through the application process so they'll let you know if what you want to do qualifies right right uh next week it's beloved week here beloved this the beloved takeover of the morning update show there we go got the, excuse me the graphic up there right now beloved king county all next week uh i see some of the interviewees the the names are coming in we're starting off on a monday with a lish um with the campaign one of the big dogs over there in that campaign and i see the different names are filtering in it's going to be a real interesting um and ultimately uplifting week next week with all these stakeholders in the um gun violence disruption ecosystem yeah i really um i'm glad that you know here at converge we get to be a part of this uh messaging because really it's such a beautiful way of looking at gun violence and gun violence disruption uh infusing it with an artistic lens so i'm excited to talk to these guests next week yeah no good stuff um so I'm so happy today. You know, um, today, yes, Thursday. So it's my last day of the week, but throwback Thursday. And you remember we started throwback Thursday just as, as a blog, as a blog post like three years ago, maybe even close to four years ago. And it always got so much love in the community because people are like, what? They see pictures of the neighborhood pictures of the community and everything else and as the inspiration when we moved into this studio to to take these photos from yesteryear as a reminder and so when we stopped doing throwback thursday for a lot of different reasons a lot of what was news stuff right and you'd be overwhelmed by news and it's difficult to keep up on things and it fell off well throwback thursday is back thanks to stephanie johnson tolliver and the black heritage society of washington state this is number one right here. And this tells the story of Al Smith. And this is the Al Smith collection here that's on the wall. Al Smith took most of these photos on the wall. Here's Stephanie Johnson Tolliver talking about Al Smith. Hello, everyone. Hello, community. I am Stephanie Johnson Tolliver, and I am president at the Black Heritage Society of Washington State. It's Thursday. It's my favorite day of the week. It's Throwback Thursday. And I'm going to take you on a journey of the beautiful photo mural wall here at Converge Media. How do we get started with the mural wall here at Converge Media without first starting with the story of Al Smith? Al Smith was the renowned photographer who photographed in the Central District of Seattle through the 1940s and 50s and into the 60s. He amassed a collection of images of more than 40,000. So you can see that the wall behind me is just this teensy small bit of what he has to share. His collection captured the Central District community, the lives, the everyday lives of black people, the jazz scene, and just bits and pieces of birthday parties and house parties. He donated that collection of 40,000 images to the Museum of History and Industry in 2014. Al Smith received his first camera, which was a brownie camera, at the age of 12. That's when it sparked his imagination about photography and all of his interest. Al Smith, a Seattle native, his family, his parents moving here in 1914 to Seattle Central District, Al was the first African-American student at O'Day High School. In the early 30s, he was intrigued by travel and wanted to get out of the city. He signed up for the Merchant Marines. Al met and married Isabel Izzy Donaldson in 1941. It's a whole other story about Izzy. Her family uh, came to Roslyn, Washington in the 1890s to coal mine. Al first put his eyes on Izzy at Annie Smith's Cafe, and Annie's was a 
uh, site that was located in the Green Book. She waitressed there, and that's where he fell in love, and eventually they were married, had two children, Butch and Cheryl. Uh, there are photos of them on the mural wall. He advanced his hobby from uh, photography to professionalism. He eventually started his own business on the spot in the early 1940s. He still maintained his work with the Seattle Post Office, but he really, really took off with that photography business. He would show up at jazz clubs, birthday parties. He was hired um, by a number of community members and social groups to photograph them. You can find more of Al's images at the Mohai website. Click on the Al Smith Collection and you'll be able to see at least 500 of those 40,000 images. They continue to digitize his collection, so check back frequently to see what you can find. I should add that other images on this wall are images from the Black Heritage Society as well. So again, if these walls could talk, you heard it here. I love that if these walls could talk. Well, we talk about it all the time and really uh, being able to do this work and really represent why Black media matters and how we show up for Black media. This wall right here says it all. Right. And it also shows like, you know, an emphasis here at Converge of where, you know, I mean, we've only got so much resource and there's only so many things we could do. And we kind of looked at ourselves and said, man, we need to put more of the resources that we do have into uplifting more of our stories, our history and our culture. So glad to be back on air and with a whole new representation of, of Throwback Thursday. And we, we stuck with it, you know, when, like I said, from a blog post to now Stephanie Johnson Tolliver here in front of our iconic interview wall. Yeah, absolutely. And there's so much more to uncover. I'm just looking forward to, I know speaking with her, she's like, oh my goodness, to just dive into the history of even one photo, you know, uh, represents another episode of Throwback Thursday. So this is going to be fun. Yeah, no, good stuff. All right. We're going to take a quick break right now. When we come back, there she is, Julia Jesse, co-host of Clapback Culture. You're watching the Morning Update Show. As a non-binary black femme, a lot of my identity is rooted in body. Once the vaccine was introduced, it was really difficult to think in terms of safety as well as autonomy. As a black American, the relationship with government is very complicated. It's hard to trust. A lot of these conspiracies are really impacting people making a decision, especially with black folks, to be clear about what we're doing. I think it's just a well-rounded conversation to see what's best for us. Hey there, it's Trey Holiday, And of course, Besa and I had to take a trip back to Market Street Shoes to grab some items. They always know what to show us. And let me tell you, we both spent quality time to be sure we collected some amazing additions to our wardrobes. They have some of the most unique bags, shoes, and accessories. I mean, the whole shebang. It's always a good time when I get to shop with my girl, Basa. Make sure you go check out Market Street Shoes, y'all, and you too can walk out with some dope gear. All right. Welcome back to the Morning Update Show. And we're joined now. Mr. Delgado, please bring in Julia Jesse. Hey, hey. Hey, Julia. Jules. <laughs> What's up, girl? How are you? I'm good. I'm really good. I'm happy to see you guys. I'm happy it's Thursday, too, even though Amari throws it in our face that he's off tomorrow. Uh, every single Thursday. Every I, I'm like, oh, of course we're going to hear it Well, tell us a little bit about what's going on on Clapback Culture. I know we heard a bit from Mike Davis yesterday. Tell us what folks can expect tonight at 7 p.m. Listen, Trey, I came through to drop the tea on everything ratchet tonight. There is a viral story, you guys. I'm not sure if you heard about it, um, but if you haven't, here it goes. There is a 24-year-old rapper who was actually shot and killed here in PG County, Maryland. 
Um, very unfortunate loss, but his family did something that caused a viral stir, you guys. Um, so the rapper goes by the name Gunu. Um, and rather than having a traditional funeral, they decided to host the funeral as a final show. So the, the funeral is called The Final Show. And it was held this past Sunday, April the 3rd, at Bliss Nightclub. What makes it even more interesting is that rather than having Gunu being put in a casket, they propped his body up on the stage. So you guys, imagine a nightclub, music, drinks, people smoking weed, the lights, the whole thing, like a concert. And you have Gunu's body on stage propped up in a standing position and everybody just looking at him like a celebrity. To put two on the 10, the family charged $40 at the door. Stop what you're doing. This has caused such a viral stir, you guys, that Twitter, Instagram, the news channels, like everybody is going nuts about this. So much so that Bliss Nightclub had to release a statement um, and basically, representatives from uh, Bliss say that they were contacted by their local funeral home to rent out the venue for Gunu's homegoing celebration, but they were never made aware of what would transpire. They apologized to everyone who may be upset or offended, but they wish the family well. Well, there is some clapback because the representatives from the funeral home say, actually, that's not true. We did not state whether or not he would be in a casket or if he would be standing and the owner was okay with Markel being in the facility. So I don't know, this is apples and oranges, but at the end of the day, this is a ghetto mess. I don't know. What do you think, Amari? Saying like in, in bliss, like a high-end club? It's a high-end nightclub. Um, there's also a place where a lot of local um, artists and really a lot of like really nationally known artists will go and perform. So it's we we don't have too many popping clubs in DC, but Bliss Nightclub absolutely is what we would say, Omari, the runway of Dar es Salaam. So imagine that. Man, yo, that's what you know. Yeah. I. I I'll say this, right? This is this might be unique. Clearly, it's unique here. But you know, in some cultures around the world, something similar is not quite uncommon. But to have a standing for <laughs> well, is, is, is have you ever been to something like that? Trey? No, no, but I, I just gotta say, I, I, I'm sure that Gunu is probably like, uh, you know, wherever he's at, like, yeah, that's what I'm talking about, fam. Like, exactly. I'm just saying, you know, hey, take me out in style. They, they I mean, in some cultures, we talk about way. the celebration of life, <laughs> that's right? A and that's, that's how I mean, look, celebrate how he was living, you know what I mean? I, hey, yeah. to be honest, I'm <laughs> like, up. get it, family. What? I don't what Julia, know. what Julia didn't say though is whether she bought one of them forty dollars tickets <laughs> was up in there popping it. Can you imagine being someone just like being like, oh yeah, I'm about to pull up at Bliss, and you pull up and there's a whole concert going on and there's just a corpse on stage. When I first saw this um, video, you have to think because I'm living local. This was dropped in the group chat before it even made national headlines. And I'm looking at the video and I'm like, what is going on? Like, I don't get it. What are they trying to see? And then finally, I'm like, oh, my God, that's a dead body. So here, here's my honest opinion on it, you guys. And I feel like his name is Markel Morrow. I feel like the Morrow family did Markel justice. He came in or he left the same way he came in. I mean, and he he lived and died, you know, being in the streets. It, it, there is a, a Instagram live video that he had where he was, you know, basically uh, predicting his his death, right? He knew that people were out to, um, to hurt him and he died knowing that, right? And so when you live this particular lifestyle, I mean, are we going to put him in a church? Like, is that really what the his legacy really was i don't think so and so i think his mother um who put together the arrangements who was very proud of the arrangements um you know i think she did her baby justice at the end of the day she gave him a homegoing ceremony that she felt was um that fit him and fit his lifestyle and so it is what it is i mean he had like a a 1200 hoodie on like a crown 
jewelry, like the whole thing. I mean, it, it like for real, y'all. So we're going to show the video on Clapback Culture. So make sure you guys pull up tonight and watch it. Look, my, my, my heart dropped there for a second. When she said we're going to show the video, I thought I thought Mr. Delgado was going to press play. <laughs> Yo, I mean, yeah. But see, the thing is, though, right? It, it, it's almost like it's different, but it's almost like the gender reveal. Gender reveal started as a very mm. like kind of normal thing. Oh, hey, it's going to be a boy, it's going to be a girl. Now gender reveals are like off the hook to the point. Remember that California forest fire started because <laughs> yeah, of gender reveal, and, you know, it caught fire, it burned out like... I'm wondering if this the if this new phase here, if you know, if this is gonna become a trend. That's literally what I was gonna say. I said I'm thinking to myself, you know what? There's probably other families that go, you know what? Nah, let's really reflect this homegoing celebration, this celebration of life. Let's not all have to be dressed in black and cry. I mean, I, yeah. I don't know, man. I, I'm, I'm gonna say I, I, I think, think it's most a trend people I can agree get with. with all of that. Yeah, it's just the. What else you got for us, Julia? Uh, yeah, on that note, I, I do agree. I think it is just the body, you guys. But can I also say, if you Google extreme funerals, this is not anything new. And if we're honest, like in the black community, a lot of times, like when, you know, when big mama passes or, you know, big daddy they, what do we do? We prop him or her in the living room, in the family room, and we let the family come and pass by the body. So in this case, it is a little bit different because they took the body into a public environment. But, um, I, you know, listen, they, they put they put my grandpa in the living room for a good a, a good while before um, before the morgue came and picked him up. So we sat we sat with grandpa in the living room for a little bit. It's a thing. Yeah. It uh wow, I know <laughs> not quite know. as extreme, but but no. in uh, in Ghana, you know, there's the casket makers. You get buried in a casket of your profession. So like, if you're an airplane pilot, they make a casket uh, like you know shaped like an airplane and things like that. That's nowhere. And, and even you know those guys. Remember the pallbearers, the the stepping pallbearers from Ghana. Everybody was like, oh man, this is uh you know the, the, you know because it was all about a celebration and you get to synchronize pallbearers. This takes it to a whole nother level. You know what I'm saying? You know, wow. Oh, Jules. Yeah, no, you guys all, you guys always keep us lit. I'm going to tell you right now. I mean, this right here, I can't wait to hear you guys dive in my, and to share the video. With. No, my, my mama in the comments, she just said that. She was like, back in the day, they bring the body to the house. Yeah. Post it, flam mm -hmm. post it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> real. Yes. Uh, it's, all right. it's, it's not, I guess it's not that unique. <laughs> well, man, this watch, this uh, is going to go viral, dog. Is. I'm telling you, that's going to be the it's thing. All, people are going to start yeah. doing uh, funeral I mean, like, concerts. Yeah, yeah, funeral concerts. It's going to be like, yo, we got to find a spot that's going to allow us to prop up the body. Yeah. <laughs> Julia, Jesse, tell everybody how they can keep up with you. Okay, well, I wish we didn't spend so much time on that because I did want to talk to you guys about one more thing, but I'm going to let you guys know. Oh, no, make it, make it short. You got, you, got a, you got a few seconds. Okay, what, look, what so did you guys hear about the podcaster who made comments about Sierra and Russell Wilson's um, relationship? And he made the allegation and doubled down on it and said that Sierra is only with C uh, only with Russell Wilson because of the money. And then went on to say how Russell Wilson is such a square and how could she ever leave future and all this other BS. Did you guys see that? No. Yo, I, I, I couldn't the, the believe it. Last night. Yo, I mean, like, Sierra was already an accomplished, you know, artist. And yeah, like, that's the whole point. Like, even Future says he's toxic. Yeah. So, so it's like, oh, why wouldn't you want to be with Square Russ? Well, also, too, I mean, Sierra had been through some things, you know, in her previous relationships. And she was very uh, out front and vocal about her wanting, you know, something that was going to be steady, so, a real what, love. And the way that she wanted to be treated, she made that but, very vocal. What, what, what's, what's wrong with that? Uh, say, and you know, we're less defensive now of Russ and Sierra since they abandoned us and they're, they're you know, in Denver now. But I mm -hmm. will say this is fundamentally, this really be a problem kind of in our community in that 
you know what I'm saying? The the guy that goes to work, does what he's supposed to do, hella responsible and everything else, man, again, he's considered an outlier in popular culture, you know? And so here you got Russ, square guy, does his job, goes to work every day and all this other stuff. Let's see her address him <laughs> and, every, and everything else. And you consider like some old square, but I'm gonna I'm be honest with you. Because, you know, I wasn't I wasn't some kind of, you know, super square or something in high school, but I just did everything, you know what I'm saying, you're supposed to do or wanted to do or whatever, stayed on that track. And I was always in a different kind of category. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, like, you know, all my partners and everything, it was popping it big, you know, riding on date wire wheels and doing all kinds of stuff. And all the girls love them, man. And it ain't until 20 years later. You know what I'm saying? Where you bump into them and then they start hounding you on this. Oh, Mario, Omari, Omari. You know what I'm saying? Because, I, man. Anyways. Yeah. Yeah, that's, a, that's a what. Oh, so you guys are, are going to be talking about that that podcast. <laughs> do you have the clip? We do have the clip. We I don't know if we have it here, but we do have the clip. And listen, we have no, so no, much. No, no, you definitely don't up. have it here. <laughs> no, we don't have it here, but we will have a clip of the podcaster actually, uh, you know, talking about it. And his co-hosts are like, listen, um, women want peace. They don't want toxic masculinity. So we'll dive deep into that. And of course, another thing that went viral over the weekend was T.I. going off on a comedian about joking about his sexual assault allegations that were uh, non that he was non criminally charged for. And he throws a fit. And this is why. And I hate to say it. But man, like comedians better watch out because people like Will Smith is getting up and slapping folks. So T.I. got up. He he snatched the microphone from this comedian. So we're going to talk about that. Um, Tory Lanez was taken into custody for violating uh, the um, order of protection against Megan Thee Stallion in that case. And y'all, Black Lives Matter spent six million dollars of donation funds to purchase um, a mansion in Southern California. Mm, we got to talk about it. it. You should talk about it. And uh, man, ooh, if you would have started the conversation there, one, I will say this is a very ratchet version of the show. And I, I yes. hope everybody tuned to tonight at seven. But I will say this a lot of people, a lot of organizations collected a lot of money, millions and millions of monies around the Seattle protests. And then protests they ain't getting no water. You know mm. what I'm saying? They ain't, they ain't getting no water. They ain't getting no new shoes to stay in the street in. You know what I'm saying? But a lot of organizations caked up and the actual people who brought the pressure in the street never heard from them. So it'll be interesting. Can't wait Good to tune grief. in tonight. Good grief. Jules, you always bring in the gems. And let me just say on that BLM story right there, a lot of people in the community were wondering what was going on with those funds because unfortunately a lot of people who were donating didn't realize that, you know, going to BLM, it wasn't an organized kind of a, a national affiliate. So well, you had all of these BLMs popping up everywhere. That's going to be really well, interesting. I mean, for to also, I hope that you guys would break down some on that, that overall ideology around that toolkit. But, you know, from day one, we was telling people there's yeah. like, yo, there, there, there is raising awareness around the value of black lives. Black mm -hmm. lives matter always. And then there's a difference between an organization, black yeah. lives matter and, and, and raising awareness around the value of black lives. They took it to the streets. Yeah. A lot of the organizations, if you look at it, a lot of a lot of what they talked about was digital marketing and fundraising. No toolkits about how to be in the streets and stay in the streets and make your voice raised and everything else. So it's good. People will see the back end of this. You know what I'm saying? I mean, we, for the most part, stayed away from all that because we stayed in the streets with the people. You you feel mm -hmm. me? So, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm interested to hear that conversation. Yeah. Great, yes. great stuff. Yes. Yes. Always great stuff. Um, <laughs> All right, real real quick, Julia, how can people follow you on social media? All right, y'all, please follow us on Instagram at Clapback Culture and pull up to the show tonight, um, 7 p.m. East uh, Pacific Standard Time, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on all Converge Media platforms. Look, uh oh, Mama clowning in the comments. She was like, uh -oh. "They tried to give us twenty five thousand dollars. We gave it back." Yeah. Matter of fact, they didn't even give it back. Didn't even accept it. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. woo, that BLM. You don't hit on something. All right, All right. Julia, Jesse, co-host of Clapback Culture. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you tonight at 7 o'clock. Thanks, Jules. Yes, see you later, guys. Have a good show.
Oh my gosh. These guys be having the yeah, topic. Man, I'm tuned in. I'm yeah, tapped really, in tonight. Really? This would be a good one. All right. We're going to take a quick break right now. I'm going to get off the set so we can make some room for. There she is. Aramy Walker, musician, author, educator, coming right here to the Morning Update show set. Be right back. When COVID first hit, I was very afraid. It was so much things that I had to keep inside because I didn't know where to place my feelings. Most of my information for COVID is from my own research. I'm a doctor in educational leadership. And when the FDA approved Pfizer, it helped me realize that the vaccination is healthy. We don't want to be left behind because we're not taking the vaccine. But we want to get as much information as possible so that we are putting ourselves in better hands and not at great risk. Welcome back, everybody, to the Morning Update Show. I'm your co-host, Trey Holiday, And joining me right now is an esteemed musician, educator, and author, Aramie Walker. Thanks so much Hi, for joining. how are you doing? Yeah, I'm well. I'm well. And you know, it's so funny because coming into the studio today, I'm like, oh, I've seen you perform yeah. live. I actually got to see you perform some of your music. Tell us a bit about your history. What got you into music? Just tell us kind of the beginning. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I've always really loved reading poetry. Um, I studied world arts and culture at UCLA, and I spent a lot of time in LA um, just kind of developing my craft as an artist and specifically what I want to focus on, how I want to tell stories, how I want to represent myself. Um, and I did a lot of traveling. I studied culture, studied some languages. Um, but yeah, I came up to Seattle about... Four years ago, five years ago. So it's been great. I work a lot with Four Culture, Smart Venture. Um, I have a show um, with artists at the center tomorrow um, at 6 p.m. Uh, at the um, Theater Commons area in Seattle Center. So that's really exciting. Um, well, you know, we, we, we've talked to musicians before. And the thing is, is that, you know, you being here for four years, I'm sure you may have been able to kind of plug into this artist community, right, of yeah. musicians. And it's so tight knit here, but mm -hmm. it also is very welcoming. Tell us about your experience uh, coming from L.A. to Seattle and maybe some of the differences that you've experienced in each kind of community. I've found people in Seattle are really real and they're really it takes time to, you know, there's like people say that there's the Seattle freeze because in L.A. everybody's warm and hot, but you don't know if they're really giving you the, the realness or not. Or I found in Seattle, people are real with you. You know, they either they either want to be a part of your music or they don't like there's really no sugarcoating, which I appreciate. Like, I want to know, like, do you want to do you want to? create something right now and and how is that going to manifest and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't it's like with any other relationship um but uh i've been in north seattle for a few years but i i spent some time in south seattle you know there's like roomba notes and esquire lounge and i really found in seattle specifically more so than uh los angeles like there is such a deep appreciation for African-American culture and um, our music. And I that's something that I found has been really enriching. And not only that, the government support, like on a local level, like in L.A., everybody is an artist. Right. Yeah. And I feel like in Seattle, you know, you've got like KXP radio station. That's why I stayed. You know, they had Mastering the Hustle. They had um, these these workshops. I was going in, in studio. I saw like St. Vincent and um, Duran Jones and the Indication. I'm just sitting there watching as like, a, you know, an emerging, you know, artist is watching like in the glass like that, you know. So those type of opportunities that you don't get to just walk into a radio station in L.A., like I walked into the radio station and we, you know, we were, you know, right there with with some of these legendary musicians playing. So yeah. uh, opportunities like that are really unique. And just the fact that I can um, apply to local government and say, hey, I want to write this book or, hey, I want to put on this performance. And they'll they'll put money. It took about three years. But then they saw they were like, OK. You know, and she's showing up and she's she's doing something. So um, it took about three years, but now it's kind of like th they see me. And and so that's what I appreciate about Seattle. It's like once you once you prove, you know, to um, to art and culture here that you have something to say, they they will give you 
That's a funny. microphone. <laughs> well, you know, it, it's it's true. And I love hearing the the juxtaposition between Seattle and L.A. And yeah. as somebody who's born and raised here, I yeah. never understood the Seattle freeze. And I always really attributed to, you know, a bunch of transplants, to be honest. I'm yeah. like, it's because people are trying to figure it out yeah, when they yeah. get here. But for those of us that are born and raised here, I've never I never actually felt that um, yeah. for my community. But but I've heard uh, some of my elders say, oh, no, it's always been a real thing. So yeah. it's a wide discussion about mm -hmm. that. Well, you were talking about being a world traveler and yeah. your studies in college. What was it about music? Because you're talking about poetry, which we know transcends really well True. into songwriting. But what was it for you where you were like, you know what? No, music is really it for me. That's going to be that kind of anchoring Oof. force. I think so. I started with spoken word, you know, and that's obviously very important in our in our community. Right. And I, I found just. Music has that additional element of, you know, constructed sound waves, right? You know, there's the voice, but the, the, the sound waves that the, you know, guitar instrument carries and the band that uplifts and carries the voice as a vehicle, that's, has such a stronger power of community and message. And not only that, I, I really, I really love studying like the medicinal elements of how sound with it, if it's, if it's sent in a, in a directed intentional way, um, it, it makes, it makes for a like uplifting, inspirational, um, sometimes rejuvenating experience. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's something, that's how I look at it. And, you know, studying in different spaces, whether it's like South Africa, uh, South America or, um, you know, Asia or Europe, you know, it's always music is everywhere, mm -hmm. you know, whether it's, it's for, um, a celebration or people are sad or, you know, they're trying to get through uh, a war, they're trying to get through, um, you know, your own personal battles or you, you want to, heal someone you you know and that's what i that i view as the voice is you can uplift someone you can change someone's life and i think also with the the instrument itself you can also do that so i just wanted this, another voice you know that's why well it's it's really great to kind of hear that and, and to have you talk us through how you got there one of the things that i really appreciate so much about artistry is that it's unique to every artist yeah. right there's always that kind of origin story that got you to where you are today yeah. that got you to be like you know what like i i do have something to contribute to this you know world of music and totally. you know being around the world you just explain experiencing it in different cultures and in different areas of the world what do you feel that that you are like you know what no nah, i'm now here in seattle right yeah. i mean you're talking about the uniqueness of the seattle uh culture mm -hmm. and the community here but you know, it's important that people get to know you. How are you getting yourself out there? Obviously, your performance Ooh. tomorrow is one way. Yeah. But how have you been able to make those connections here so mm -hmm. that people do know, hey, this this girl is serious. Yeah. She's out here. You know, it's it's been a journey for me because I am an independent artist. And so that means I have to run my website and I have to make the yeah, I have to find money to record the, the music and all these things. And um, I would say I have to get better with social media in terms of connections. I'm more of a, I show up at the space and I meet the people and they're like, okay, cool. Like this is, I, I believe in this. Um, but for me, I just, the, the my perspective as an artist is, and what I've studied is I try to be myself. I try to be express the uniqueness that I bring to the table. Some people like it. Some people don't. And I show up yeah. and I make the best art that I can, you know, and I know for a fact, you know, it's not going to resonate with everybody, but it's just about being your true distinctive self. Just like, you know, you have all these, you have beautiful glasses and you, 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 you are painting in your, and how you represent yourself with your fashion, you know, and that's, that's distinctly you, you yeah. know? And so I try to do the same thing with, with my music. Like I just show up and I'm, and I'm here, you know, yeah. I just woke up today and I was like, I'm going to show up. I don't know what's going to happen. So I think it's for me, I'm just going to keep showing up and I'm going to do the best I can. I'm not like the best at, um, 
you know, marketing or anything yeah. like that. But I, I'm just gonna keep showing up. Yeah, someone yeah. will find it. But that's what I believe. Like, you know, if you keep on making a, a great art and you're true to, like, I'm Aramie. That's all I can do. You know, I'm not trying to be anybody else. Like, I'm being myself. I'm gonna keep showing up. And hopefully uh, some people will like it, you know? Well, that's the greatest thing about it. I think authenticity really yeah. carries through for a lot of people. And it's a big draw, you mm -hmm. know, right? Uh, I'm not the greatest at marketing myself. People are always like, how do you not have 10,000 followers yeah. on Instagram and stuff? And I'm like, that takes like some intentionality for me yeah. to be involved in a digital world where I'm very much in the like real world of like people, like you say, showing yeah. up. So I definitely understand that. But not only are you a musician, you're also but you find time to be an educator yeah, and to be yeah. an author tell us a little bit about the education piece and how you're giving back to uh, the community through education yeah I mean I, I teach some private music lessons when I when I have time um, I haven't been teaching as much but I am passionate about teaching I'm actually doing a project with Seattle restored in the pioneer district um, in regards to my my book, uh, for two months on Yesler, I'm going to have an exhibition um, of my poetry book and some illustrations. So that's through Seattle Restored and Shunpike, um, another amazing you know organization that's uplifting arts and just allowing um, a woman of color to occupy space in Pioneer Square in a historic district. You know, and and say, you know what we validate your words, yeah. you know, and these illustrations. And I, and I, so that's something that's coming up and I actually, uh, so this is what my book looks like. <laughs> if anybody is interested, uh, it's called poems in transit and it has a lot to do. It, I mean, it's, it's, it's just really just talking about myself and my, my relationship with myself and my identity and my, my, my perspective on the world and culture. Um, but yeah, so that's going to be up through Shunpike and Seattle restored for two months in the summer um, as like a large scale kind of um, like the book in large scale. Um, yeah. That's so dope. I mean, when we think about how art is so transformative, it really takes people to pour themselves into it yeah. in order for it to really like touch someone else. Tell us a bit about the difference between writing poetry and songwriting. How do you distinguish between the two? Because it's almost as if they really can blend together. Yeah, I mean, it depends. I mean, I, it all kind of flows, right? Like, you know, you're you're writing, you'll be like, oh, that's a good story for a song or that that's a good concept for a song. Um, I feel like with poetry, you don't have to be thinking about rhythm or melody or like repetition. You know, songs got a lot of repetition, right? Like that's what people want, the hook, you know, like the, the tagline. And when you're writing a poem, you can really elaborate on the story. You can really get into detail. With the song, I think, with popular music, people kind of just want, you know, you know, they want they want that tagline that they can vibe to. And um, like with poetry, you can really be like, you know, and and the mahogany would, uh, <laughs> you know, cast a beautiful, you know, yeah. whatever it is, you can get really deep into it. Um, but yeah, no, I, I've been looking at the medicinal property of music making and whether it's healing myself and, and poetry as well. Just uh, I think a lot of especially black people have always used that as a means of um, adjusting to society and, and pushing through society and um, carving space and, um, you know, empowering our word. And, and, you know, I look at all these people behind me and I think you know, because of their agency and their fearlessness to make music, I get to be here today. I, I got to drive here in my, you know what I mean? In my yeah. own car and have my own space in Seattle and just make music and, and, and talk about it, you so know, true. So because true. of them, you know, yeah, the legacy is real. And, you know, that's something that I, I, I literally get to experience daily being in the presence of this wall, yeah. but also uh, being connected community. So, Ermi, I'm so glad that you came to Seattle, that you found, uh, you know, like a home yeah. here for yourself, your artistry, your music. Thank I know you. you have the performance coming up tomorrow. Yeah. You can look right there, make sure people know yes. how to follow up with you and how to be there to to, uh, you know, support your music tomorrow. Yeah, so come by tomorrow, 6 p.m., Seattle Center. You know, if you go by the Water Fountain, the Theater Commons is, like, right 
up, I guess, kind of to the left, kind of near KXP. You'll hear me playing. Um, Tyler, the Creator's playing in the in the Climate Pledge Arena, so that will be dope. Um, you know, just come and support and follow me at my name, A-R-A-M-I Walker, um, on Instagram, YouTube. I have a website, ermiwalkermusic.com, um, Spotify, Apple, all that. Uh, I, I, I really appreciate um, the studio, Converge, like everything about this space is really important to me. And I'm just so, I'm in such a exuberant celebration that you guys exist here, you know. Um, We're and, glad we exist and here. And I hope that it, it continues. You guys stay here for a long time. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> and, and just so, so people may oh, want to yeah. know, how do they get the book? So if you go on my website, um, Poems and uh, Poems in Transit, uh, but on my website, all of my books are there. I have a children's book, um, music, and um, a wellness self-care book for, for women. It's a journal. So, yeah. Amazing. I'm just out here creating. Just there we go. Boom, boom, boom. Putting it out there. Well, Amy <laughs> Walker, thank you so much for joining me. Thank and good you. luck on your performance tomorrow at the Seattle Center. Uh, glad that you're here. And I'm telling y'all, I've actually had the pleasure of listening to her live. And it was so soothing. And we didn't want you to stop. So I just, I know how dope you are. Thank you. Thank you again for being here. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Well, you guys, you know, we got to end the show right with my guy, Big O, after this short break. Stay tuned. You're watching the Morning Update Show. Welcome back, everybody, to the Morning Update Show. I'm your co-host, Trey Holiday, and joining me back on the set is my guy, Big O. Great show today, Big yeah, O. Yeah, no, great interview, by yeah. the way. Yeah, I know where I'll be tomorrow at 6 o'clock. There we go. You know what I'm saying? And going and supporting and encourage everybody out there to support. Before before we end the, end the show here today, some breaking news from Washington, D.C. The Senate has just confirmed Katanji Brown Jackson. So she Yay. will be the very first black woman to serve on the U.S. Supreme Court. There we go. There we go. I mean, this is really something to celebrate. And, you know, we saw her go through it. We actually knew that she was going to. But ultimately, I love that this is great timing for uh, us as a nation. Shout out to you, Katanji Brown Jackson. Yeah, no, for sure. All right, we're getting ready to wrap it up over here. But tonight, so we got a few things. Seven o'clock tonight, clapback culture. You know, we just heard Julia Jesse, man. It's it's the rat the ratchet episode. So you definitely want to check that out. Nine o'clock tonight, the factors are in the building. Ronald and Ronnell Moore. All right, so you can get up on that. And then um what do we got up on up next over there? Yeah, we got, got a lot. Got so, what, yeah, what up next, it? yeah, we got a lot. Uh, for Feel Good Friday uh, tomorrow, you guys, of course, we're going to have our girl T-Dub in the building, Art Queen, right here at Converge Media. Uh, she'll be joining us. We'll be diving into all things art of the matter and all things art on the streets. And then we also have, da -da -da -da, I want to make sure I'm doing it in the right order, what you got up there, Curtis, because we got... Okay, good. We got Besa. All right. Besa, rewind with Besa. Wanting to make sure we can get in uh, with Besa because we got a couple of other guests. We also got our guy, uh, uh, Isaiah Anderson, is going to be in the building. We're going to be talking about this new play with Axe on stage. Can't wait to dive in with him. And Josias will also be here. Uh, he is an author. Um, so we get to hear from him. And then we got Apple, A for Apple Daycare. She will be joining us in the building. They're doing an amazing coat giveaway this weekend so i'm telling you tomorrow's gonna be jam-packed y'all all right good stuff we're gonna wrap it up here any last words always for me see yourself as a part of the solution Aramie is doing that uh herself by you know infusing her artistry and poetry and music and educating other people you guys be a part of the solution do your part to see yourself as a part of the solution all right good stuff well this is it for me this week and uh yeah i, I guess <laughs> I'll catch you guys next week. It's, uh, it's beloved, beloved takeover next week. So on that note, I want to remind you, go forward in your purpose, go forward in your humanity. And until tomorrow at 11 a.m., peace. peace. What do I fear after all these years? 
Lord knows I don't even know. I've been running on the edge of the sundown, sleeping in the shadow. I've been begging you to see me, then hiding beyond the unreachable. Looking now left on a right hand turn, just trying to make a deal. The lazy shoes and love is a love that turn. That's the kind of food that heals. I've been searching for the end of an era, waiting to be ready. The world is bigger than a moment. Be steady, that's how you can feel it's real. But I feel naked. produces culturally relevant content for black and urban audiences. Our coverage is raw, transparent, and objective, praised by community leaders, government officials, and residents. Support Converge Media today via Venmo, Cash App, or PayPal at Converge Media.